You're listening to the Application Insider Podcast. Welcome dietetic students. Here you will find all sorts of tips and guidance to help you navigate the dietetic internship application experience. I am your dietetic internship application guide, sharing insights to bridge the unnecessary gaps in this crucial step in your dietetics career. Together, we can get you all the information you need to create an application that will stand out in all the right ways. Hello, and welcome to episode 52 of the Application Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Vance, the founder, CEO, and dietetic internship application guide here at Application Insider. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to tell you about Master Your Match. This is my 12-week live course that I have to help students go through the entire dietetic internship application process. Each week, we focus on a specific section or element of your application. Make sure you have all the information and tools you need to go through it successfully, to know exactly what directors will be looking for and exactly what you have from your own experience to put into that section, and you get my guidance every step of the way. The next session of Master Your Match will be starting on October 25th, and we will finish up on January 21st, which puts you three weeks before the February 15th, 2022 deadline, which is a really nice cushion of time that you could have free of application stress or worries, or you can use it as a catch-up if you maybe fall behind or just need to wrap up a few things after the course is over to make sure that your application is ready to submit. I recently got a question um, from somebody via email who is looking into Master Your Match and wanted to know what makes this course different than other courses that are available for dietetic students. And I think there are five key elements that really set Master Your Match apart. The first is that it's a live course. So many other courses of all types are self-paced and they provide you with a lot of information, but they don't have that, like a person for you to connect with if you have questions about something that maybe isn't covered well enough in the course or how to apply it to your specific situation. With Master Your Match, I am there with you every step of the way. Through the 12-week course, every week includes a live Q&A session so you can ask deeper questions about whatever the topic is for the week, how it fits with your application or your experience or your specific situation so you can make sure that you're maximizing the information that you're getting in the course. It's also a living course. This means that I am totally willing to make updates, to change, to allow the course to grow, to become whatever the students need who are in the course. So if something is missing or if something, you know, doesn't provide the depth of instruction that students are looking for, or just doesn't quite cover exactly what they were expecting, I am definitely able to make updates to allow the course to take the shape that is needed so students get the information they are they need and that they are specifically looking for. This isn't a set it and forget it, I already created it, it's up and ready to go, just take what I have type of course. This is a, I have put everything I have into this course from my experience being a DI director, and if that's not enough, let me know and I will add more, I will make changes, additions, 
clarifications, whatever is needed to make sure that you get the most out of this course and exactly the type of guidance you are looking for. The third thing about this course that sets it apart is that it is scheduled. It is specifically scheduled across a 12-week period, and every week, like I mentioned, covers a specific element or section of the application. Now, this is different than other self-paced courses that give you everything all at once, and it can be really easy to fall behind on the information as you're going through it because no one else is setting a pace for you. It's very, um, you know, it's it's self-paced. You have to be accountable only to yourself. It can also be really easy to fall into the flip side where you just become so overwhelmed because so much information is presented at once. With the set 12-week schedule, you know that something new is going to be released every week. There is something specific you're kind of working on or focusing on for every week of the course. And you know that someone else is there kind of keeping tabs on the progress that you're making. Not in a way that like, you know, makes you feel like you need to do your homework or anything, but you know that others in the course with you and when you're working with me, you kind of see everyone progressing and just working with people at the same pace and being accountable to others because of the schedule, because of just whatever topic is being covered in that moment can be really helpful so you don't get behind, but you also don't fall into that side of being completely overwhelmed either. It's all The information is presented in a very manageable, scheduled fashion, so it makes it very doable to go through the entire application in that 12-week schedule. The fourth thing that Master Your Match offers is it truly does cover the entire application process. The very first module is all about figuring out which elements are the most important for you to be looking for in programs to just Find those programs that will be the best fit for you because of what they offer compared to what you're looking for. And we go through the 12 weeks, the entire application. We cover all the supplementary materials that might come up. We cover how to plug everything into Dicus. We talk about D&D Digital. We talk about the match and ranking programs. And it even includes a whole section on what happens after the match results come out. So Master Your Match isn't just about getting your Dicus application sent off and then I hope you can figure out the rest of what happens after that. It is there to provide you information throughout the entire process from where do I apply to up to the point of the match results are out, what's happening now. Now, the 12 weeks obviously doesn't span that entire course of events, but you do have access to the course for a full year from when you start. So, for example, if you are interested in joining this next session of Master Your Match, we start on October 25th, 2021. The next application deadline after that point is for the spring 2022 match in February 15th, 2022. And then the match results will be out in April 2022. If you join Master Your Match, you will have access to all of the course materials throughout that entire session, starting on October 25th. And you'll have it till October 25th the next year. So that obviously definitely covers submitting your application, getting through potential interviews, getting through ranking programs, getting through receiving the match results and what happens afterwards because stuff happens fast after the match comes out. The course covers 
all of that. So for 12 weeks, we're working together on um, that live schedule where you and I are both in the course. And after that 12 weeks is up, you still have access to everything in the course. So you can continue relying on it for whatever comes up in your application experience. The last thing that really makes Master Your Match truly a unique course among every other course I've ever seen for dietetic students is that it is created specifically for students by a dietetic internship director. I worked for an internship for six years and that's, you know, all of that experience is what has gone into Master Your Match. I've poured everything I know into this course and other companies that offer dietetic students guidance, courses, coaching, tools, resources, whatever, they've got lots of years behind them, they've got lots of students behind them, but none of them are created by, founded by, staffed entirely by a former DI director who can tell you everything that goes on on the other side of DICUS and D&D Digital. So those five elements really are what make Master Your Match the unique course that it is among other course offerings for students. So once again, I do have a link in the show notes if you want to learn more about Master Your Match. You can see a comparison table to see how Master Your Match compares to other courses that are available, both price-wise, schedule-wise, what it provides-wise, and all of those, those sorts of things. You can download a calendar for what the session is going to look like, what topic is going to be covered, each week for the 12 weeks that it will be running, when the Q&As will be, things like that. All of that is available at the link in the show notes so you can learn more about Master Your Match. Anyone who is considering Master Your Match, it's really important for me that you go in to that decision fully informed, that you have all the information about what this course provides, what it offers to students, and then you can make that decision of whether or not it's actually a good fit for you. So follow up with that link. Go ahead and check out that info. Let me know if you have questions. You can email me at nicole at applicationinsider.co to just get whatever other information you're looking for about whether or not this course is what you need to be able to stand out in DICUS. And then if you join me in the next session of Master Your Match, that would be incredibly awesome. We are starting on October 25th and we will work together for 12 weeks solid to make sure that your application truly will stand out in all the right ways. So check out Master Your Match. Let me know if you have questions and make sure you get your spot so we can start right away on October 25th. All right, now going into today's episode, I want to talk about the experience and resume that go into your application. So there are two parts of your application that focus on the experience you have gained thus far in your dietetics journey. The first is your resume, which is a document many people are familiar with for just providing a record of all types of experience that you have gained. And the second section that covers experience is a section that is within the actual DICUS application, and it is called Awards, Experience, and Volunteer Activities. So in both of these areas of the application, you want to make sure that you are able to prove whatever experience you are documenting in those sections truly does deserve to be there. So let's talk about how you can make sure you do that. So even though these two sections cover a similar area of information they cover. There's a lot of overlap between these two sections. 
um, they can they are obviously arranged a little bit differently so the resume can be formatted however you would like to format it there is no page length um, requirement there is no like criteria within Dicus itself that is going to make sure that like tells you exactly what type of information to put on your resume you can kind of determine that based on resumes that you've seen a resume you know a, a resume that you already have created that you've probably used to you know it might have been required for your program maybe you've used it to get other paid or volunteer positions that you have been gaining and being you know part of throughout this time and then in the experience section of Dicus, it's got specific um, fields that you need to enter for every experience type. So it asks about like your supervisor information, the company that you worked for. It asks a lot about the time that you spent in that role, both, you know, kind of like start and end dates, but also hours per week and about, you know, the total number of hours that you spent in each role. And then there's a section um, or a text box within each experience entry where you can provide more details about what you did in every role that you have included in your DICUS application. So this is this text box is where the overlap is most likely to happen with information that is on your resume. The first thing you need to know is that your experience section in DICUS and your resume do not have to be identical. They cover a lot of the same information, but they don't have to cover it identically word for word copy paste from one to the other in fact it's likely that the dicus application will have more information overall simply because there's more space there you've got 1500 characters for every single experience to describe what you did there provide context or details for what the company is or what your specific role was and then comparing that to the resume where you might be trying to keep it to a certain page count, even if there's not a requirement for the application itself, but just like resume etiquette, you're maybe trying to keep it to one or two pages. You're making sure that it's you know formatted in a way that keeps everything nice and organized. And that might limit the amount or type of information that you can carry over between the application and your resume itself. But I'm going to talk about three questions to ask yourself as you're putting these sections together for your application. And you can apply them to both the experience section of DICUS and your resume. And asking yourself these questions will just help make sure that on both of those parts of the application, you are doing all you can to prove the value of your experience. Prove the value of the experience that you have gained, whatever type of role it is, if it's like super obviously dietetics related or even not super obviously dietetics related, there are still certain elements you can be mindful of and intentional about as you are completing these documents to make sure that the value of the experience you have gained, regardless of setting, regardless of company, regardless of your job title or your volunteer title, to prove that it is worth taking up space on your resume or within the application. So question number one, it goes back to the space issue. Question number one, is it clear why this position is taking up space on your application or on your resume? And the way you can make sure that the answer to this question is yes, is to look back at whatever information you have on one of those documents, either within the text box that's in Dicus describing the experience or just within you know, the bullet points and the information you have on your resume. You want to make sure that you have clearly stated 
all of the skills that you gained or practiced within that role. That you are proving that they are transferable to dietetics simply by using targeted action verbs to start your bullet points on your resume or to describe what you did in that role when it comes to that text box in Dicus. So transferable to dietetics doesn't mean that your role had to be in dietetics. It doesn't have to only be, you know, clinical positions you've had in a hospital or food prep positions in, um, you know, a hospital kitchen or a cafe or a restaurant or something like that. It doesn't mean that you had to be in a WIC office and it doesn't mean that you had to be working with food. There are so many skills that you will bring with you into dietetics that you didn't have to learn in a dietetics or food or nutrition related facility or role. You want to make sure that if you are listing a position on your resume or in your DICUS application, that you are highlighting those transferable skills because you're gonna move them forward with you as you go into your internship and into your career. So to give you some examples, um, you know, there are many positions that offer some type of management or leadership skills that you're gonna bring with you into dietetics, even if you never worked with food or a dietitian in that position at all. So if you had any type of responsibility where you were doing anything like creating schedules, if you were involved at all as a team lead or a point person on a project within the company or within your department, those are leadership qualities that you will bring with you forward into your internship. If you have done anything with billing or money or medical records. So this does kind of fall into a clinical type sector, but it doesn't mean you had to be a diet tech or that you had to um, you know, be within the dietetics department of a clinical facility. But if you've worked with billing or insurance or medical codes or patient charts or HIPAA in any sort of way, those are skills that you're going to bring with you from that position into dietetics. So those are the types of things you want to make sure you are highlighting with clear, obvious, strong action verbs. When it comes to your resume, every bullet point should start with an action verb. And when it comes to your DICUS application, those action words, or those action verbs, excuse me, they're also words too, but they should be, you know, within your description, whether you are using paragraphs in sentences or if you're using bullet points, there's kind of a, or even a mixture of the two. There's no, you know, prescribed approach to how you fill out that text box. But within that description should be lots of action verbs demonstrating those transferable skills that you used and gained in that role. So question number one, is it clear why this position is taking up space on your application or resume? And making sure that you can find those action verbs that state the skills you gained or practiced is how to answer that question. Question number two, did you use words that described exactly what you did or accomplished? So with this question, we're gonna focus in on those action verbs. And to be honest, there is one verb that I wanna talk about that I don't think you should use. I would suggest that if you have a bullet point on your resume or a sentence or you know part of your description in the 
experience section of Dicus. So if a bullet point starts with this word or if, you know, a section of your description emphasizes this word compared to other verbs, then I would suggest you take it out, but it might just be a matter of evaluating whether or not it's actually the best word to be there. And the word is assist or in past tense, assisted. So I saw this word a lot when I was doing experience and resume reviews for students in this past fall 2021 match. I would see a bullet point on a resume that said something like, assisted with creating research presentations or assisted with one-on-one client meetings. Now, regardless of whatever the person's actual title was, even if they were an assistant is what I'm saying, the word assist is really, really vague. And usually another word can be, can replace the word assist and make that statement so much more clear. So for example, if the resume bullet point is assisted with creating, what did I say? Assisting with creating research presentations. I'm thinking, what could that possibly mean? If I only have the word assist to tell me what that person did, I'm gonna be thinking, okay, does that mean they did the research? Does that mean they put together the PowerPoint? Does that mean they put the data into tables? Does that mean they wrote the script? Does that mean they scheduled the presentation? Does that mean they made the accompanying flyer or handout for the presentation? Does that mean they gave the presentation or even like gave part of the presentation like they had a co-presenter? The word assist could mean so many things in that context. And sometimes people will actually, like in the same bullet point, they'll say assisted with creating research presentations by doing, you know, by gathering data from the data set or gathering data from research articles, whatever they did. And then it's like, well, that's what you actually did. You didn't assist with creating the presentation. You gathered the research that was presented in the presentation. And so that is what I would actually suggest the person starts that bullet point with gathered research or gathered data points or organized data points or analyzed and interpreted data points to be used in a research presentation. And that is a much better description of what they did in that role and what that task actually entailed and what they accomplished by fulfilling that task. And it's so much better than assist. So if you see the word assist on your resume, If it's the first word of the bullet point, I really suggest that you replace it with a clearer, more specific action verb. And if it's within the description in the experience section of Dicus, you'll have to read it for context. It might fit in, especially if you have some clarifying verbs coming after it, because it might fit in better if you're choosing to use a sentence and paragraph format versus a bullet point format in the actual Dicus application. But if you see the word assist, you need to evaluate whether it truly is the best word to be there. And if it's not, if it leaves it vague, if it leaves it up to too much interpretation and too many follow-up questions, then you need to take out the word assist 
and replace it with the action verb that actually says what you did as you assisted. Now, one thing to note here, sometimes people use the word assist because they are very conscious or aware of like scope of practice. So they might say they assisted in a client session because they they know they aren't a dietitian yet. And so they were not leading the session because the dietitian was there and they were just gaining experience under the direction of the dietitian. And so I understand that desire to you know, be very clear and obvious that they didn't cross a line ethically or professionally or anything like that. And even then, I think that can be done without using the word assist to start off the bullet point on your resume. So for example, you could say, let's go back to this, um, you know, participating in a client session or something like that. Um, You could say, instead of assisted with a client session, you know, along with the dietitian, Let's say that's your bullet point. You could rephrase it as, you could talk about what specific element you covered in the client session. So it could be, I um, conducted the assessment and took notes during the client session under the direction of the dietitian. So you can include at the end of the statement how you remained within scope of practice or how you remained within, you know, the... Um, ethics and professionalism of what you are actually capable of doing in that setting. So you can include that bit about being under the direction of the dietitian or, um, you know, as led by the dietitian or whoever, the manager, the supervisor, the the head of research, whatever it is, you can include that within the bullet point, but don't start the bullet point with it because that's not the most important part. The most important part isn't that you did something the way someone was directing you to. It's that you did the thing. So that's what you wanna start the bullet point with. Whatever you actually did, and then if you need to add clarifiers to just make it really clear about what exactly you mean or what the context is, do that at the end. So question number two you can ask yourself again is, did you use words that described exactly what you did or accomplished? And every time you see the word assist, evaluate it very carefully about whether or not it's the best word to describe what you're trying to say. All right, question number three, the last question that you can be considering is, have you included quantifiers wherever possible? So quantifiers are a way to provide context, provide details, and just provide more information about what your statement means. When I say quantifiers, I mean something like numbers, a frequency, a detail, or an example. And providing these quantifiers, just like I mentioned before, they provide depth to whatever you're describing, they can provide context, they can answer some of those potential questions that a reviewer might have if they're just looking at your application. So let me go back to some examples that I saw on resumes and experiences that I reviewed with students this past match. Lots of students are either creating their own social media posts or doing that as an assistant or an intern for other dietitians. So they'll mention that they created social media posts and that's that's what they've got either on their resume or within their description in Dicus. And then my questions when I read that statement, created social media posts, the immediate questions I have are, which platform? Twitter, LinkedIn, 
Are these blog posts, Instagram, Facebook? So which platform are these social media posts for? How often did you do them? Did you create one media post? Or did you create two media posts a week? Or did you create a total of 25 media posts? All of those things are different. They provide a different picture of what the job actually looked like. I might also ask myself, what topic? What topic was covered? Were you just creating random social media posts? Or were they all about gluten-free cooking? Or were they all about how to get your picky kids to try more vegetables? Or were they all about um, gestational diabetes? And then which audience were they for? And sometimes the topic and the audience overlap and they don't need to be stated separately. Or if you know one, then you likely know the other. But you know, who, who is the audience that they were created for? Were they created for pregnant moms? Or were they created for bodybuilding males? Or were they created for um, teens who eat gluten-free? Or were they created for parents of children with picky eating habits? So when you can add any of those elements, that just creates so much more depth and meaning for whatever you're trying to describe that you did or accomplished in that role. So let's go back to the social media posts. If you just have created social media posts, let's beef it up a little with some quantifiers. So we're gonna change it to create a social media post for Facebook and Instagram to be published twice a week for breastfeeding mothers, excuse me, for pregnant women who are experiencing gestational diabetes. Look how much more information that provided. Instead of just created social media posts on who knows what, covering who knows what, we talked about specifically the type, the platform, because those platforms are different. Facebook and Instagram are very different. And um, someone who's really on top of their social media game is going to treat them differently. We talked about how often, twice weekly. So if I look at the time frame of the position, you were there for six months, twice weekly, that's a lot of posts. That's a lot of posts and it's con- you know, keeping regular, consistent content in mind. What topic or what audience, because again, sometimes those can overlap. Pregnant women with gestational diabetes. That tells me a lot about the information that you probably provided in those posts, whether it was recipes, tips, insights, testimonials, you know, anything like that. And that gives so much more information than just saying created social media posts. So when you are looking at your own resume or your own entries into your DICUS application, you want to read it carefully to see, is there any place I can put a number? Can I say how many recipes I created or how many presentations I was a part of? Can I put a frequency? Did I do this twice a week or did I do it quarterly? And then some details, those are the things like what topic was covered or which audience was it for? How many people were there? Were they adults or were they kids? Those are some of the details you can provide because for example, teaching a cooking demonstration for third graders is different than teaching a cooking demonstration for adults. And so saying you did a food demonstration is really cool but it's, you know, I'm gonna have a better context for what that actually took if you say I taught a food demonstration for third graders. So all of those things are 
you know, you just want to look for spaces that you can include them where possible. Now, it doesn't mean that every time you mention something that can be quantified, you need to look, you need to like add every single one of these quantifiers. Not every single thing needs a number and a frequency and a detail and, and an example. But where possible, you do want to include what quantifiers do fit within the description that you're providing. So that's the third question to ask yourself. Have you included quantifiers wherever you can? A number, a frequency, a detail, or an example. So as you're putting these documents together, your resume and your DICUS application, you just want to review whatever you've gotten there very carefully. Go ahead, type it up, you know, get your draft going, what I call the shabby first draft. Get that on paper and you know, whatever, whatever system you're using to gather this type of information. And then once you've got some things on paper, you go back and you read through it. And this is where you start double checking for those things. Have I used action verbs that highlight these dietetic skills? If I use the word assist, is that really the best word to be there? And if I can fit in a quantifier, have I done that? Have I used every opportunity for these specific elements that I can in my experience section and within my resume? And as you ask yourself those questions and you look really critically at what you've put together and you make revisions with these things in mind, you're so much more likely to have documents that really showcase what you have gained, what you have done and accomplished within all the experience that you've been gathering over this time with the hours that you've put in, with the time you've put into finding positions and being conscious that you want to gain experience that you will take forward with you into your internship and that directors are going to be looking for. So keep these questions in mind. I'm going to read them one more time. Number one, is it clear why this position is taking up space on my application or resume? Number two, did I use words that described exactly what I did or accomplished? And number three, have I included quantifiers wherever I can? Keep those questions in mind. Ask yourself those three questions as you put these sections of your application together and you will be, you will just be right on your way to proving the value of your experiences and proving what you have to offer and will bring with you into the internship. All right, so your action step for this episode is, if you haven't already, to begin thinking about your experience. So even if you haven't set up your DICUS account, and even if you're not like ready to type stuff directly into the application just yet, you can do this offline, you can do it in a notebook, you can do it in a Word document, whatever. But just start to jot down experience that you do have at this point, both paid and volunteer. This is a great time to kind of think back of what experience you have, what the dates were, what your position titles were, and start you know, pulling that out from the files of your mind. Take the time you've got right now to make sure that you've thought through everything that your role involved or what you did while you were in that position. And then, you know, think back and evaluate how you can describe whatever you did so it will be clear and it will highlight your skills that will transfer into dietetics. Start thinking of the key words, those action verbs that will state exactly what you did. Do your best to avoid the word assist 
and start thinking of quantifiers wherever you can. Fit them in wherever possible to provide that extra level of depth and description on what you actually did in those roles. And with this insider insight, your application is sure to stand out. Thank you for listening. More details about this episode, including the full show notes, useful links, and a detailed summary are at applicationinsider.co slash podcast. You can find more application tips and guidance at applicationinsider.co or follow along on Instagram at applicationinsider. Please rate and review the Application Insider podcast to help other dietetic students find it. Be sure to subscribe to catch every episode.